everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 485. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. And Ari is out tonight due to work, but he will be back next week. I need to put that little icon down there. Um, my my bad. There we go. And it fits right in perfectly. So, yeah, there we go. Let's rock and roll. So, how is everybody doing tonight? I'm so tired. I want to hibernate until next March. You know what? I, no, you don't. I've been quote unquote hibernating since April. It's not fun. I wish I could have been hibernating since April. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. I don't know. I mean, hey. I, I think you do not understand the amount that I enjoy sleeping. I think I could hibernate, actually hibernate. And I feel like a lot of us are feeling that too. When it comes to being like a spoonie, <laughs> uh, I always joke that only forks are left um, because I'm just too tired all the time now. I, it's, you know, it's just a combination of environment, not getting enough restful sleep or like even time to just rest your mind. And yeah, also yeah, doing yeah. silly things like health upkeep, which is why I'm not on screen today, guys. Sorry about that. I had the dentist stabbing me in the face yesterday, so it still kind of hurts. <laughs> I, I think we've all been there. I mean, at least you didn't go to work right after getting drilled on by the dentist. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> uh, I mean, I did, but my work is a little bit different. Um, it's not a traditional, like, nine-to-five desk job or anything like that. But I did, like, I did come back to work. It's just the different way people handle things, and, uh, but I know we're all going through it. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's, it's a, it's a, it's a little special. What can I say? So, you know. Anywho, we are live tonight, week of February 16th, 2021, right here live on Twitch TV. You can find us here every week, Tuesdays from 9.30 to 11 p.m. here at Twitch TV slash Anime Jam Session. We're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network, so you should show them a little bit of love over at vognetwork.com. And they're live here starting on Sundays at 8 p.m. Uh, you can find them at Twitch TV slash uh, Network with the Bobby Blackwell Show starting at 8, followed by uh, Orange Orange Radio at 9. Let's see, what else do we have here? Aha, our Discord. And don't forget, we have a Discord, so come by and hang out with us. Uh, you can find our Discord connection over at uh, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that's part of the Voice of Geeks Network has a little channel, so come by, hang out, have a good time. And unfortunately, we are not reopening the pool for another couple of months or so. Well, we'll see. Anywho. Oh, man. I think I got in my house in the, in the nick of time because my house started getting a little cold. So I had to turn the heater on, so it's it, it it's it's feeling kind of nice right about now. So, anywho, uh, let's move things along with um, how was your week? How was your day, well, Mako? 
my week and day. Uh, yep. Mainly be uh, mainly because um, I did have my uh, second vaccine injection was actually uh, very exhausting. Uh, which is why I'm still tired now. I really haven't had a chance to just sit and relax and sleep off uh, being sick for most of Friday and some of Saturday. Um, So, yeah, so, and tomorrow I get to go into work, so I can't even sleep in a little bit later. So, yay! Even with that incoming bat inclement weather. Yeah, that's for Thursday. So, you know, I may be able to work from home on Thursday, but either yep. way, my butt is going to bed early tomorrow. Sounds about right. Okay. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? It was surprisingly busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up doing a lot of social stuff this past weekend. So obviously it was Valentine's Day or anti-Valentine's Day, if that is your cup of tea. Um, And we basically... Uh, everything kind of started on Friday, so a uh, bunch of gaming, played Scott Pilgrim with you and my mm-hmm. lovely friend May Everglow, and then we discovered all the fun bugs and had yep. a good laugh. Uh, then I basically jumped right into a bunch of Among Us rounds, and then I jumped from that to watching the amazing 1997 rendition of Brandy, Whitney Houston, and all those lovely, lovely actors and actresses, Cinderella of Rodgers and Hammersteins and then I went jumped back right back into Among Us mm. and then Sunday had a lovely Valentine's Day stream with my local community and made a bunch of bunny plushes and I'll be doing giveaways with that in the next week so we'll be working on those again tomorrow so all in all uh, it's been busy <laughs> <laughs> uh, socially busy and busy busy um, uh, we'll be working more on those plushies tomorrow but Basically, I'm hoping to have three so that uh, by this weekend, uh, next Tuesday, we'll be doing the last of the giveaway and I'll draw the names and everything. So Okay, that's nice. Yeah. So did you and the husbando do anything for Valentine's or it was just like just another day? Uh, we bought a uh, Thai, like we got Thai for dinner, which mm-hmm. was nice. I didn't have to cook anything. That's always a bonus. That's always a bonus. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's basically all we do. Like, we enjoy each other, but, like, for us, love is every day, not just a holiday. No, I, no, so. I, I totally get that. But I know how, you know, you got couples who, who they show their love every single day, but they also use Valentine's, you know, just to do something different, you know. I feel like because we ended up putting so much money into my computer, that is how he's shown me my lo- his love. Uh, you know, if, if we want to make it, like, a capitalist thing or anything like that, um... And the fact that, like, I don't know, it, we're 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 surviving. So honestly, to me, that means more than anything. And uh, the fact that he still has a job, and we're still able to, you know, celebrate each other long a lot um, every day. You know, to no, me, I to- I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Okay, no, because what was funny was I, I I went to open up the soundboard and pull the volume down so I don't actually blow out anybody's ear, and then you just cut right out. I'm just like, wait, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh, I just mute myself okay. anytime I'm not talking so oh, okay. I don't have a lot of weird like background noise or anything. Well, I will tell you this. I know a couple of episodes we've had some weird noises, and when I figured out what it was, for some reason... 
my mixer was pulling interference whenever my phone would go off, like notifications, whatever. Mind you, I have it on vibrate. So I guess in general, so now I have my phone sitting across on the other side so no one can hear it, so... Then again, it's like when you buy these devices, it says in there it's going to accept interference. So I'm just like, well, I would have guessed my mixer was a little bit more shielded. But, you know, anywho, um, my weekend day has just been the same old. But I've been playing a lot more um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And game has just been giving me feels as I'm going through this. And I'm just like, this is the movie we should have gotten instead of... um spirits within that but that's just me um let's see what else have i been up to mm. that's basically has been it you know just my weekend day is basically the same except that i may be playing a different game or watching a different anime or something like that so you know that's basically has been it for me so yeah okay um let's see anything for housekeeping um if you've noticed over on our youtube page um episodes are going up um i will try to get them up by the end of the week basically it's if you miss the show you can head on over to youtube and watch the vod um i'm just i'm just slowly putting them up one at a time soon there'll be a separate little playlist for all of the episodes so you can um watch them and leave comments below and we really appreciate that so and my camera decides to properly refocus oh and if you also notice i've actually readjusted the location of my webcam because before i used to have a monitor stand and my monitor sat on top i got rid of the stand and got a universal mount to properly adjust because the way I was always looking at my wet, my monitor, like as if I'm staring upward or something like that. And I really did not like that. So I readjusted, decided to move the webcam over and it looks like everything is working fine the way it should be with angles and so forth. So yeah, I think we're good to go with that. Um, Next up on our show um, that you all look forward to is Geek Roundtable, where we talk about, you know, stuff we've done outside of our normal weekend day, sort of like other geekery and stuff like that. So I am going to go grab mine, and Mako Shai can go ahead and tell us about um, her geekery. Yeah, so my geekery is uh, my Mimikyu, uh, shiny Mimikyu at that. Uh, I do appreciate the... Uh, fabulous ghost Pokemon. Um, eventually, I will get the life-size one. Uh, last time I was in the city, I was so damn tempted to get it from the Nintendo store and um, ended up not, which has made me sad since then. But uh, yes, my Mimikyu. Okay, I'm done. I'm done now. Okay, Ichigo. Um, what have you been up to for uh, Geek Roundtable? Watch anything new? Or oh, work on I a new? I watching Kid Cosmic, which is a really cute series all are on Netflix. If yeah. you guys haven't checked that out yet, it is definitely based in kind of the Charlie Brown kind of um, K 
Calvin and Hobbes style artwork, but has very heavy superhero influences. Mm. It's a really neat show. I've enjoyed it so far. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those ones that I wasn't sure if I was going to be into it, but it actually is really, really nice um, so far. And it's very kid-friendly. So if you're interested into getting into something kiddo-friendly, um, it's apparently American-Canadian. Mm. It is created by Craig McCracken, the creator of the Powerpuff Girls. So that's kind of cool, too. What's the name of the um, show again? Huh? What's the name of the show again? It's called Kid Cosmic and okay. the Local Superheroes. Because I know Craig McCracken has a nut. I know he's working on something else. So I just, I just thought it was that, so... It might be this. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's going to be this and something else, but this is what was on uh, Netflix. Uh, if so, if you're looking to binge another show, uh, this might be a good one to do that with. Uh, another one that I've also been part uh, taking in. Oh gosh, I watched basically all of it. Was mm. it? Uh... Oh, it was. No, it, it's not a, a, a really geeky one. It is a. It is a crime. Um, if, if you want to see, um, more about a story about a specific crime story, I'm into crime and horror and all that other fun stuff, yeah, yeah. but, um, another Netflix series, if you're really into crimes and stuff like that, a uh, crime scene is the vanishing of the Cecil hotel. Um, I think that they did good coverage on that particular case. So yeah. All right. That's cool. Um, let's see. So. I'm all from time to time. I will get like notifications of stuff that's on sale, and I and I will just peruse and see what they have. Sometimes, you know, I will grab my phone and I will look, and there's a notification from the Best Buy app about you know their sales, and I go in and I look, and most of the time there's nothing that's on that they have on sale that I want. So which that's a good thing, but there was something that they had on sale Friday, and I'm like, you know what, I will buy them. So, I went out and picked up these collectible Super Mario Brother coins. And I just realized I have one with the, with the label with my name and stuff on it. So, I'll grab the other one because they were on sale and I bought two. And they both have an order pickup tag sticker on them. Why would they do that? Just put one sticker on there and then just put them together. It's the, it's the same order, technically. So... Basically, it's collectible coin set. You get uh, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. So, and I'm, pro I'm trying to properly um, adjust it so that you can see, you know, without the glare. So, you know. And they were cool. So, and I ended up buying two of them. So, so I may just keep one in the package, and the other one I will probably just put on display. But then I realized I don't have anywhere to put anything on display right now. My figurines are still in the boxes because I have not put them in my display case. Where there is space, I just haven't gotten around to make room. So. Anywho, um, we have a, basically a lot of show to cover for tonight. So we're going to go ahead and get into that. Uh, first things first, you know, COVID has taken a lot from us and... Let's get into, you know, some cancellations that's been happening. So, um, Mako-chan, can you take care of that real quick? 
Yeah, let me just open all of this up. Wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah, so there's um obviously going to be more cancellations as things tend to go, mm-hmm. since obviously we're still a, a little crazy with everything. So Anime Central announced that they will be canceling their 2021 dates. Mm. Uh, instead, they have confirmed that they will return in 2022 uh, for May 20th through 22nd um you know obviously that's what's going to be going on um some of the conventions that have uh had to go ahead and uh, transfer from 2020 to 2021 and then 2022 Mm -hmm. um will obviously still have the option to get their money back or go through with everything But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit crazy right now. Um, where the heck did this one come from? Which one? No, it was an ad, basically, that covered up the article. Um, also, Colorado Anime Fest and WonderCon Anaheim, both of those have been canceled. Uh, they will be returning for 2022. But as of right now, um, they have not come up with dates. These two conventions were going to be happening in March. So obviously that is uh, not going to be happening. Mm. Um, And then for other types of events, uh, the Love Live Sunshine Azalea concert, that also had to be canceled uh, due to COVID. That was supposed to happen um, the end of February. So that is no longer going to be going on. Um, and again, you know, these are being canceled whether or not they decide to do some sort of online or streaming uh, type of thing. That's still up in the air. But as of right now, the actual conventions, the actual shows, those have been canceled. Mm. You know, and it really sucks that this happens. And I kind of hope that a lot of conventions start joining forces and start doing, like, virtual conventions together, you know, because let's, let's be real. I mean, four cons doing their own virtual conventions on the same weekend, that's a little bit more, that's a little bit more uh, data overload than I can actually handle, you know. Just, like, flipping between four different discords and four different Twitch streams, you know. That's no, that's, that's definitely too understandable, yeah. especially because there's a lot of conventions, like Katsukon recently released their notice that they wouldn't be holding their event, and they were really sad about it. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was this past weekend is when they usually hold it is over Valentine's Day weekend or before or right after. Yeah. And they sent out a letter that was like, we're sad that you guys aren't here, but we're glad you're being safe, and we hope that we can come back strong next year. And it was a lovely note that was a really nice little nod to yes, there's nothing going on and we're sad, but it didn't feel like pandering, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately a lot of like there are either conventions that completely ignore the fact that they have an event and therefore don't really cater to their target market at all. And Mm. then there are other ones that are like, I mean, I'm not trying to name names or anything here, but they like, they shove out their hand and they're like, give us money, please right now. And, and they don't really offer anything for it. No, no, I I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So it's just kind of awkward um, because you want these conventions to succeed, but at the same time, if they really haven't given you anything, you know, you kind of like, you love the environment and things like that, but at the same time, if the conventions are holding back, like, 
registration funds and pre-registration funds and they're rolling over dealers hall tables and stuff like that there's only so much more you can put into it until it is just a money pit at that point mm -hmm. um until they go okay well this is like the budget what we're going to do with the money and everything like that i feel like if things don't start to get settled by the end of this year which i highly doubt that they're going to we're going to see a lot more cancellations and we're going to see a lot of conventions just not able to come back. And it really sucks to say that. It really, really does. But at the same time, mm. going back to what you said about them trying to team up Ranma, mm -hmm. like, I I want that. I want to see that. I want to see sister conventions and brother conventions yeah. and, like, non-binary mm -hmm. sibling conventions coming together and, like, joining forces and being a stronger force because, for it. Because, honestly, it's it's like I said. It's gotten to the point with, with a lot of conventions where... They're virtually the same thing, except that you have different people running the same panels. You have different cosplayers yeah. in the masquerade, you know. And even then, you have the same staff just running different departments or the same and then eventually, departments at each convention. And what happens? So and, and what happens is when you have the same staff running multiple conventions, all those conventions tend to blend together as one. I mean, yeah. I and this is a story is for another good. time, but you know, yeah. Those of us who've gone. Anime Next and Otakon may have noticed that Otakon is picking up like the personality of how Anime Next is. That's because the majority of Otakon staffers are from Anime Next, and those old Otakon staffers are basically like, well, yeah, like we're Otakon moving staffers on. You know? are an Anime Next staffers, or Anime mm. Boston staffers yes. are Big Apple Anime Con yes. when that was a thing. Staff mm -hmm. like literally yep. the East Coast yep. has a lot of the same staff, and they mm -hmm. might be in different departments, but it's the same staff over and over. Yeah, and. And I, it really sucks, but like, I don't see a lot of these cons joining forces no. because they don't want to be confused. And, and that's the thing you said is that like a lot of them are starting to blend together. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, wait, was I at this event or was I at that event? Because a lot of them are doing online that, you things. Know, you see, that's, you why, know? Uh, that's why I said before in a prior episode that, you know, about Otakon having the fundraiser, it's that we're at that point where, you know, we're the con bubble was going is going to burst i mean again we've gone from where there was one con a month to now there's 15 cons in a month and you're not sure which one to go to because of this or that it's just so many i mean got conventions happening in hotels convention centers uh local libraries people's backyards um re reconditioned train stations you know it and even then, too, is that a lot of the like a lot of the programming that they're trying mm -hmm. to put together is just, you know, it's either like it's going to be filmed the same way. There are still a lot of panelists and people who don't have access to the latest and greatest technology or set up. See, but wait, 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 wait. And Here's the thing. Here, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go ahead. Now, when it comes to the technology, that's on the panelists. All the yeah. con can do is said this is this is how we're doing it. You need to interface with us. If you can't interface with us, we will work with you the best we can. But don't yeah, become no, asked. But don't come asking for for yeah. equipment to do it. So. But I'm just saying that like the the quality is going to be mm. the same. So when their yeah. panelists are producing this this content for the convention, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you start to see a lot of the same panels played over and over see, again because mm -hmm. they're doing a lot of pre-recorded stuff now. Yeah. And if the panelist wants to get their name out there or something like that, I'm not saying that every panel is doing it. I'm not saying every convention is doing it, but I imagine that if this is going to be a continual 
thing that there are going to be people who put that on rotation. Like they might yeah. have like three to five. Like, See, not for nothing. I wouldn't mind where there was like a Twitch stream of con panels. You know, you just, mm. they just throw them up there like panels from different that something like that would be kind of cool. But you know, I'll say this: like when they tried to do the impromptu virtual Zenkai last year. I really did not participate with us in that because of how they wanted to do it. You had some people who could only do Facebook. You had some people who could only do Twitch. You had some people that could only do Discord. And the person that was organizing it didn't either did not know how or didn't think to retro all of that into one stream. That's my Well, thing. yeah, no, I yeah. can agree with that, definitely. Well, even just... As we are streamers, like yeah. managing all of that as a streamer who does this full time or like semi full time, like we. No, we no, no, no. It's, it's not even about the, the full time or part time. It's just that if you're going to coordinate and you know that people can only stream from certain, you know, oh, you're talking about the streamer side. Okay, OK. Yes. Not the streamers. I'm talking about the the, comp the people that are going to put out the stream, it should they should be able to interface with some. They should be able to take somebody's whoever is streaming through Facebook. They should be able to take that Facebook feed and run it directly through Twitch. If somebody who is on um, YouTube, they should be able to take that feed and push it through Twitch. If well, I know. If you can, if I... you only know how to do it through Discord, you should be able to take that Discord feed and run it through Twitch or something no, like that. No, no, that may, I mean like. I or if you can't, or if they can't, or if they don't know how to do that, just put up a put up a rules out. We're doing this through Twitch. You will yeah. have to do it this. You know, we will work well, with. Well, I also you. think that there were a few conventions early on that were trying to do like multiple sources. So like they weren't just trying to have one Twitch channel, but they were trying to have like multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Series Oda, yeah, yeah. I know Otakon on did. Multiple platforms. Yeah. Well, I know Otakon had multiple um, Twitch streams for their for the programming and so forth. And then you know basically the waiting room, like the viewing room, was basically the Twitch chat room or Discord. You know, and I totally get that. I mean, you got people. Who who will rather just chill out in Discord because you can you can stream through Discord and you just talk to like up to twenty five people in there as opposed to um you know watching it through Twitch it's sort of like as if you know like Michelle Knotts you know we hang out with her on the weekends when she does a Twitch stream now if she were to you know push her stream through her Discord. Like, up to 25 people can hang out in that Discord and just watch and talk and discuss. I mean, you have people who actually like that, but it, it is what it is. So We also have uh, Bob Coffee in chat saying that KuroCon ran their stuff really well, and mm -hmm. I'll have to look into that. I, I actually don't know about KuroCon, but I will definitely... Yeah, definitely let us know about that. All right, now, moving right along, um, we're going to talk about... Um, this uh, anime series called Mushoko Tensei, better known as Jobless Reincarnation. There's two aspects to this, and and it kind of caught me off guard. I'm not sure if I'm going to discuss both aspects of what the issues are, but we'll we'll, we'll get through it as best as we can. Basically, the um the, the, the pretense of Mushoku Tensei is basically, I think it's a 30-year-old neat who ends up dead, ends up being reincarnated as a in a brand new life during like the medieval times, and he has all of his memories, and he's using some of that just to be a better person, and as he's going through life as a new person, he 
takes some he takes some personality he picks up some memory recollections from his past life that allows him to apply it into his normal living life as we speak. It's basically it's a very interesting isekai. This I would say, you know, if you like something different like ReZero, which is different, you know, Mushoku Tensei is probably right up your alley. And I think it's only like seven episodes out. So definitely check check that out. But um one of the things we're going to discuss um is that in China, there's a streaming site called Billy Billy, you know, B-I-L-I, B-I-L-I. It's basically China's YouTube. And the series um, has been pulled because of, of a backlash over soft pornographic content that is said to be insulting to women. So that's basically what this is about. And... Basically, after the fifth episode, they basically pulled it. Um, the company put out a statement saying, Respect is the cornerstone of the community and the basic guiding principle for operating Billy Billy. This includes respect for users, content creators, different genders, various interest groups, and, cult and cultural uh, circles. The statement came after cosmetics brand Yukis and Spenny, domestic skincare brand Lin Quigon, or Queen Kwan, and contact lenses merchant Seagull.cn all announced they would cut ties with the company. Uh, the, uh, Billy Billy said they will conduct a one-month rec rectification that will begin during the Lunar New Year to spot and erase problematic content and so forth. So... And what's going on with the backlash in regards to this... Um, they're having issues because they're looking to raise up to three billion U.S. dollars and a second IPO for to happen in Hong Kong. The company initially went public in the Nasdaq in March of 2018. The hot internet platform has seen its stock value rise 14-fold since going public. Now I wish I had jumped on that, but um, you know, diamond hands. Um, the testament to it is strong as built. On a niche community of subculture fans, mostly notably fans of anime, comics, and video games. Uh, let's see here. Basically, um, people complain that the show featured pedophilia and soft pornography. Now, in regards to that, there was a person, there was a content creator on the site called Lexburner who had several million fans on the platform and has criticized the series and i believe um he's in trouble too that's like the second half of of this so now like i said i've watched all seven episodes so far i don't see anything in regards to pedophilia or soft pornography i mean if there is soft pornography in this series, it's no different from any other anime that we have watched. I mean, yes, the character in question, uh, one of the character, the main characters, uh, Rudeus, seven years old, and, you know, he, he's seeing boobs and he's being a bit of a little bit of a lech, but it's because of the forty, the thirty-plus-year-old personality that's in him, you know, that's being re that was reincarnated, but. That's like very minuscule. That doesn't really take away from the series as a whole. 
it, it, it's it's just crazy. Now, uh, I'm going to pull up this other article here, and we'll talk about this streamer, uh, Lex Burner, and I'll say it really sucks if you are a streamer and you and your stream and your content gets pulled for whatever reason, you know, and you have to basically start all over, you know. Basically, this this streamer, uh, Lex Burner, this is what he basically said about the series Mushoko Tensei. He called it an anime only poor people can watch due to the fact that they are the only ones who can identify with the protagonist. In addition, he has said that the anime promotes mediocrity. Um, but people, but what happened was his fans didn't like what he had to say. So they generated reports based on his opinion that was going that it was going too far. So it's like basically you have free speech. You have the right to say whatever, but when you are on certain sites as a, as a streamer this or that, you have to be careful in what you say cuz just because you think it's okay to say it, you can't say it on on here like like Twitch has its own rules and regulations. There are some things I know I can say around Mako and Ichigo and Ari. Like like the four of us on Skype just talking and shooting the shit and just being outlandish and saying some real crazy shit. But once we hit Twitch, a lot of that we cannot say because it would basically violate company rules and policies. Or if it doesn't, it can it will probably piss off you, the person who is watching us or listening, and be like I, I understand your opinion, but what you're saying is going way too far. So, you know, it's like that. Uh, let's see here. Basically, for his, for his actions, um, Billy Billy issued a statement in regards to it saying that, you know, he, that Lex Burner broke. It was a breach of contract and that they're going to take legal action. Furthermore, it states that the streamer made several inappropriate comments in his live stream, which invoked conflict, attacks on third parties, harassment of other users and IP, intellectual property, causing a heavy controversy in regards to it. He failed to lead by example in the community and failed to take up the public responsibility. Since he did this under a contract, the Billy Billy has the right to pursue legal responsibility according to the law. So basically... Uh, this site is going to prosecute him for violating the contract. Uh, his account and live streaming room has been banned. Uh, he had won 2020 performance awards through the website. Um, those awards have been revoked. Um, and he has been, this person has been disqualified from participating in the creative incentive program and other community incentive activities. In a way, this is kind of, Reminds me of like there's a tweet going around of some guy talking about you know if this is all the anime you have watched you are not an anime fan this is like very mainstream or this or that look I have watched everybody on this show has watched anime that's been pretty much anywhere from the most obscure to the most mainstream where you mentioned the title once or twice they have no idea what you're talking about to you don't even have to say the full title. Everybody knows, you know. It, it is what it is for the most part. But at the same time, you know, 
it's not that serious. I don't understand why this Lex Burner person went off on Mushoko Tensei. It's a, it's good. It, it's, I'd have to say, it's one of the better isekais that's out there right now. So, anywho, that's my two cents. And I would highly recommend, you know, if you have Funimation, and I think it's also on uh, Crunchyroll, check it out. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Especially if you like medieval stuff, so, yeah. Now we get into our next story, which really surprised Living Daylights out of me, so take it away, Ichigo. Oh, okay. Um... So, Yasha... Yashahime. Yashahime. Sorry, I was having a hard time with that word because that was... Uh... Different than the... Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got you know, it. just okay. call it... Just, just call um, it... Well, just call it what it is. Inuyasha GT. No, no. It, yeah, it is basically Inuyasha GT, to be honest. <laughs> See? Princess Half Demon, anime dub, is casting Ian James Corlett as Moroku. Um... Because Maroku's previous voice actor, Kirby Morrow, passed away on November 18th. Viz Media announced on Tuesday that Ian James Corlett will take over the role as Maroku in the English dub for the Yashahime, Princess Half-Demon anime. Kirby Morrow, the character's previous voice actor in both Yashahime and previous Inuyasha anime, passed away last year. The anime premiered in Japan on October 3rd last year, and it's currently airing. This media began streaming the anime with English subtitles on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and Hulu on the same day in North and Latin American territories. Funimation is partnering with Viz Media to release the anime's English dub. Teruo Sato, Inuyasha's episode director, is directing the anime at sunrise, and Katsuyuki Sumisawa is in charge of the series scripting, after doing the same for Inuyasha and Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Takahashi herself is credited as the main character designer, with Yoshihito Hishinuma from Yakitate, Japan, and City Hunter Shinjuku Private Eyes, returning from Inuyasha to adapt her designs for animation. Karu Wada, Three Eyes, Three by Three Eyes, Battle Angel, and The File of Young Kindaichi is also back from Inuyasha to compose the music. So, um... That's exciting that they're bringing in a new voice. Uh, it is sad that Kirby had, uh, Mr. Morrow had passed away last year, but I'm glad that they're able to carry on the show for those who are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. See, now here's something interesting. Now, I know we had discuss we discussed this previously. I Because I remember watching the original dub of Dragon Ball Z, and I'm watching it, I'm just like, I know Goku's voice. That's Ian James Corlett because I know his voice from not as not just Dr. Tofu from Mega Man. I mean, from Ronma one half, but he was actually Mega Man from the animated series that came out. So I was able to put all of that together and then finding out that Kirby Morrow was also the voice of Goku. But the thing is, I couldn't figure out when this was. And I watched all those dubbed episodes. It's like it was the voice was just so seamless. So I just think it's really awesome that, you know, this to me kind of came full circle. So still, it, it, it's not so enough for me to watch uh, Inuyasha GT, but I still uh, but I still like the sentiment behind it. 
And and if you're saying like you are that the voices are pretty seamless, that shows a lot of talent to both of those voice actors for being so talented and able to bring the character to life with their voice and not create any semblance of difference in tone or anything like that. That is a really big talent. To mm -hmm. emulate someone else's style is a very hard thing, especially for voice actors. And that's one big thing you see a lot when shows are adapted or have different voice actors come on to a new series or season or anything like that. Um, and so that just that shows that they worked really hard to try and keep a lot of semblance of similar sound to the character who's a very beloved character for a lot of folks. That's really cool. Yeah. And I was going to say something. Oh yeah. But then you have what they did in Ron the one half when they reach when, um, uh, Richard Ian Cox took over for the role of Ronma boy type from Sarah Strange. And it was like, so this is what Ronma sounds like after puberty, you know? <laughs> I mean, the voice, the, the change was just told, was like night and day. It was, it was like, wow, you know? I wish she had stayed, but you know, I guess Hollywood was calling. Alas, it wasn't calling her. Anywho, moving right I along. I will say that this makes me want to watch uh, the Darkstalkers cartoon. Yeah. The animated series, mm -hmm. the one that, the really, really crappy one. The really, really comedic um, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, Ian Corlett was actually some of the voices in that. Well, yeah, that's because um, it was done by the Ocean Group. And don't mm -hmm. forget, Ocean Group also did, um, I think, X-Men Evolution as well. And I believe Wolverine and the X Men. I think that they they handled those. I don't remember that one. I'm Which not one? Not sure on that one. If they were the ones that did um, the X Men. Let's see. Oh, let's see. X Men. Don't remember which ones did X Men. If it, it's Evolution. the one that I'm thinking of, it is so like early '90s animation, and it. It that just that's so it, it's a style of art that just takes you back. Yeah, the voice recording was done in Canada, and it, yep, it was it was it was uh, Ocean Group because I'm looking at the list of voices: David Kay, Kirby Morrow, Venus Turzo, Scott McNeil, Brad Swale. That's Ocean Group. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And those are the ones, I know one of them was the one that was based off of uh, the Japanese animated series, right? Um, I think that might have been Wolverine and the X-Men. X-Men Evolution. Yeah. X-Men Evolution was animated, they, the animation was done in Japan and South Korea, but it was, he, it was, it was regular, it was an original series done here. Whereas, yeah, I like yeah. that one. That was a different... Um, take on it since they were all kids yes let's see wolverine and the x-men i'm looking that up that was oh, oh, that's interesting yeah this was done by marvel studios interestingly enough mm. all right and that that was um that was all california so Oh, okay. And then there's an and then there is an animated there is Marvel anime series called X Men. You had that. 
That might have been the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, it was t- only 12 episodes, came out 2011. Yeah. That, and I know, um, I don't think they started dubbing, um, actually, they might have started dubbing Marvel Disc Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm looking at, yeah, this, yeah, this was all, yeah. I think they did dub Marvel Disc Wars. I think that was a Canadian dub too. Um, that might have been the one that I was thinking of. Probably. Let me let, let me let me take a look here. We have a little bit of time. Marvel Disc Wars. Um, Marvel Disc Wars: The Avengers, an anime television series by produced by Toei and Walt Disney Japan. Okay. Um, It's set. All right. Okay. Looks like there was a dub of it. Um, yeah. But it never. It, they never showed it here. From did. Well, yeah. That's. No. I, I think it was just a Canadian dub. Yeah, and it was just uh, Disney XD, the Asian Disney XD stations, that, that uh, networks that show, that showed it. It's like what they did with. It's like Cartoon Network International and what they did with uh, Powerpuff Girls Z. Yeah, I still need to find that one and watch it. I, I yeah, I, I yeah, I yeah, I do need to find that one as well. I did. I'm, I'm not sure if I actually finished watching the original series. And then you had Marvel Future Avengers that was done by Studio Madhouse. Mm. Anywho, um. Let's get back here. Um, let's see what else do we have. Uh, ah, uh, Demon Slayer. I, I I gotta see Mugen Train. I got I gotta see it. And it seems that that movie has become the second highest growing grossing anime worldwide. It knocked out your name. And people were talking about that. But in this case, more people have been talking about Demon Slayer. I mean, honestly, I I, I never ex- would have expected Demon Slayer to be this popular and this... I mean, the manga was like, what, only like two or three years, right? But, um... I have to say, Demon Slayer is really good. I I thought I thought it was good. I'm I'm gonna have to rewatch that and, and just watch the dub of it. And I think I think someone mentioned that it may be leaving on uh, Netflix, but I'm like it just got there, you know. But no worries, it's also on Funimation. Um, but it seems that right on top of that, we are finally getting a second season. Even though there were other people that were like reporting it, but now it, we have official on that, and hopefully we'll have a little bit more details on that on next week's show. But after announcements about box office grosses from coming out of Japan and South Korea, um, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, the movie Mugen Train, which takes place between seasons one and two has basically gone past your name to become the second highest grossing anime film worldwide. Oricon uh, revealed that the movie has made a total of 
37.4 billion yen, which in 122 days, which translates to 355.5 million dollars. Wow. Over 27 million in, in ticket sales. Wow. Here in the U.S., the movie made 300 million yen, which is about 284 million dollars. That that's just amazing. In South Korea, uh, the movie has brought in about over five million dollars, based over over 620 thousand tickets. So there, it's the third best in the region behind Taiwan, which is reporting over 22 million dollars for that movie. Wow. Just understand, estimates of your name worldwide gross range, gross range is about, if I'm looking at this correctly, over 358 million, which translates to 37 billion yen. Between that, towards 380 million dollars, which is 41 million yen. And this is including initial releases and re-releases and, and everything. And... If you're wondering, well, what anime film still is holding that world the number one spot? Spirited Away. And that's at $395 million, which is about a little bit a little bit over 47 billion yen. Wow. That, 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 that's just that's just amazing. I I have got I have got to see this film. I, I got to. I do want to actually start watching Demon Slayer, but knowing that the manga is over and done with, I kind of just want to read. <laughs> Why not both? Well, because once I start reading it and get to a point, I, I don't really tend to go back to the anime unless I watch the anime first. Mm. And considering that's not done because they're only just you know, talking about season two, it's going to take a while. Not that I am, you know, going to drop everything and start reading anyway, just considering my backlog. No, I which totally is the only reason it. why I haven't started Demon Slayer right now. I have a very, very big backlog of crap to read and watch. Yeah, let me tell you, since there was no NCIS tonight, I decided to crack into my backlog. Uh, even though I already have titles that I'm watching, like Boruto, uh, Digimon Adventure, uh, Servant Service. I'm like, you know what? Let me check out Rent-A-Girlfriend. Two episodes in, holy shit. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I, I was not expecting things to go the way it did. I was like... Oh, oh, and thankfully it's only 12 episodes, so. Yeah, we started rewatching um, to get up to the point uh, for part three and four of Sabrina. So mm. that is what I'm working on, and then we'll figure out where I go from there. And as Bob Coffey says, blockbuster girlfriend is trash, but entertaining trash. Chizuru is best girl. Chizuru is tolerable at best. That's all I gotta say. 
but mommy was in the wrong for what she said when they were having their little get together in episode two. She was in the wrong for that. But anywho, Marco, I hear you like uh, escape games. Yeah, I really, really wish this one would come here. Uh, but it looks like they are going to be doing a year-long Sailor Moon real escape game. The tagline is, you are the one to save the world by becoming an apprentice Sailor Senshi. Mm. See, that, that that is right up your alley. And the funny yeah. thing is, I can see you on a slow boat to Japan wearing like a Makoto kimono, just waving your fan, just patiently waiting to get into that damn escape game. I can see yeah, that. I, I, I so really, really want to do this. Um, so Tokyo Mystery Circus is the world's first and largest, quote unquote, mystery theme park in Shinjuku, Tokyo. And it will hold a new collaboration event between the real escape game and the Sailor Moon Eternal film. It's going to be titled Escape from the Wedding Party in the Dark Night. And it's going to start on April 22nd. The story is set at a celebrity's public wedding party. During the party, the guests and the five sailor senshi are trapped in another dimension by Dead Moon, who plans to take over the Earth. As an apprentice, the player has to solve various riddles and missions to rescue other members and the invited guests to successfully escape. The main feature of the event will be the riddles and the missions on the table projected by the projection mapping. When players move their hands on the table, the projection mapping also changes accordingly. In addition, there are scenes that the player uses the techniques of the five sailor senshi as an apprentice. So it's going to run from April 22nd, 2021 to April 17th, 2022. The tickets will start going on sale in March and they will announce further details uh, closer to when the event will start. Sounds good. And I am so pissed I can't do this. <laughs> See, the beer, he says, if only this were a crossover with Scooby-Doo so we could expect the culprit to be old man Osabu. <laughs> I think we've had enough Scooby-Doo crossovers in the past couple of years. Well, we're just missing the Scooby-Doo anime and then that's basically is it. Well, yeah, but if we do that, then Shaggy will have to release all of his power. If that's what has to be done to get for the anime to ha for it, so, so be it. But we couldn't handle all of his power. It would destroy the world. Mako-chan, you see how the world is right now, yeah? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that it should be up to Shaggy to destroy it. Better him than other people. I trust Shaggy. Well, yeah, but if he's destroying the world, he's destroying the world. Well, maybe maybe he'll be... I don't trust anybody with that much power because he's destroying the world. Well, maybe he'll be like Saturn and rebuild the world in his own image. I mean, come on. So, everybody's hungry stoners? Yes! <laughs> Vegan hungry stoners at that. I forgot he's vegan. Yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah. I've had vegan food, so I can I can live with it. <laughs> oh no, vegan food is delicious, but so is 
you know, a steak. Mm. But yeah, anyway, so um, I really wish that some of these would come to the States, uh, but I would be happy with some translations so that I could actually read what the story is supposed to be about. Um, they don't do it often. I have found a couple of the translations for some of the escape games where somebody has, you know, translated the questions and what they had to do. Um, but like, they don't even allow video or anything like that. So mm -hmm. you can't really see what's going on, which sucks. Cause I kind of really just, you know, want to do it. <laughs> And Sieta Beery, uh, as far as I know, um, they weren't supposed to, um, but they may have. Uh, but I thought they kept him as vegan to honor Case Kasem. Well, off to the wikis. And Ron number 421 says, I have to be the only kid that grew up during the 80s that doesn't like Scooby-Doo. Alright, I, I, I'll say this. For a while, I did not like Scooby-Doo because they aired so many episodes all the time that I got sick of it. But a pup named Scooby-Doo, I watched the living hell out of. And then when that hit like Cartoon Network and Boomerang and, and I discovered... Oh, there were more than those, just those 13 plus episodes. That was that. Okay. You know, some of the other Scooby-Doo series, I did not mind watching. Now that I'm a little bit older, I don't mind the old, the older episodes as much as now, you know? So I don't mind them. I, re I really enjoyed the Scooby-Doo cartoons that ended up, you know, having cameos mm -hmm. with, you know, Batman and Robin and yes. the, the Harlem Globetrotters. The new Scooby-Doo movies. Yep. Though those are so amusing and campy mm -hmm. and ridiculous, and I loved them. I I would love to see something maybe modern pop up with that. Maybe not the modern animation style. I'm not quite into that one. You mean but... from the from the movie or no? No. Well, they've got like a very. I. I, I guess, you know, they, they're trying to mimic all of the newer animations so they don't look at all like they did as they were, you know, coming up in the years. See, I, I don't, don't like mind. It. It's, it's too weird. I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I don't know. It's like when you, when you watched um, Peanuts, they they were just, it, they're basically like 3D versions of what they look like in 2D and that came off pretty well. And now with the new um, Charlie Brown show on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, they look just like how they did originally. But, you know, it's just they use modern technology to make it look nicer and cleaner. I wouldn't mind it. You know, it's not like. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. not that there was one series that they did that the animation style was done in that kind of new school. And completely just. Yeah, I, not, yeah, like they didn't even look like they were supposed to at all. Yeah, and as Sia DeBerry says, I'm betting be cool Scooby Doo. That's probably that's probably what that one was. And that was like only like I think one season or something like that. I tell you this, I love the hell out of Mystery yeah, Incorporated. Yeah, that's it. I I could not 
just no, just no, no. And it's two seasons. Okay. No one should have to suffer for two seasons like that. No, it was just, it's, it's too much. They, they tried to go way too far into it. And like, I know they use the same voice actors and everything, which that, you know, was amazing to me because they have been trying to, you know, switch that up, but it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. They they were just going into a very weird kind of animation thing with that. Yeah, I, honestly, you know, I never, I didn't even bother watching the show. But now that I googled it and looked at the image, like the, like screenshots, this is really bad. This is really really bad. This this is this is this is this is this is really bad. This is horrible. Yeah, I don't think I could watch. I, I, I don't think I could watch this while stoned. Velma reminds me of the second coming of Daria Morgendorfer. Okay. This is just. To me, it looks like the animation style regressed. Yeah. Like it. It. It's much simpler line work. There's not. It's black colors and stuff like that. I don't know. It's taken a lot of the the original character out of the show. So I'm tentative. Like, I'll probably watch it because I like Scooby-Doo, but I don't know if I'll enjoy it. Well, see, as far as I know, season one is on Netflix. So, so Ichigo, if you do happen to go, I bless you and go with Kami. <laughs> All right, so it does look like that he's not vegan. He's vegetarian. Oh, okay. So he eats veggie burgers and veggie dogs, but he is not actually vegan. Seems legit to me. All right, now we've come down to our last story of the night. Uh, Ichigo, tell us about this online escape game. Well, for those of you who want to be taken back to the days of Hunter x Hunter... One of my fandoms, Scrap, a Tokyo-based company, uh, is planning and uh, to operate the Real Escape Game series. Um, they already do operate a lot of escape games called the Real Escape Game series, and they've attracted 7.4 million participants worldwide. They announced today, on the 14th, so two days ago, <laughs> the online Real Escape Game Hunter x Hunter Escape from Trick Dungeon will be held from limited limited time of three months from March 25th to June 27th, 2021. Escape from Trick Dungeon is the Real Escape Game series' third collaboration with the anime, following Escape from Greed Island Amusement Park, held from September to November last year. You can participate in the games inspired uh, by the anime's first arc, the Hunter Exam, online from anywhere by purchasing a game kit. As a remote examinee, you will communicate with Gon, Killua, and Leorio, as well as Kurapika, inside the Trick Dungeon at the exam site, and help them escape and pass the exam. On the game site, Gon and his friends will share various information with you about the dungeon, which is filled with traps. Then, by folding and assembling items in the game kit based on that information, you can create the model of a dungeon where Gon and his friends are trapped. The model will change more and more as the story progresses. All of the character voices of Gon, Kiloa, Korapika, and Hiska are in-game in are newly recorded, so they're not repeated lines from the show or anything like that. 
It's about $30 to get the standard game kit and about $40 US, uh, 3,000 and 4,000 yen respectively, to get a premium kit with a mug and a challenge letter from Hisoka, which will be available for pre-order from the scrap goods shop starting on March 1st of this year. And all the goods and stuff look really fun. Um, but yeah, if you're wanting to get back into Hunter Hunter fandom and stuff like that, this looks like a good creative way that is safe because it's all being held online and you just participate with a kit. So it looks like it could be a lot of fun. This makes me wonder if somebody will buy the kit and do a translation and then sell translated kits. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that happens. Um, I, I I bet you that there's a deep enough following for a lot of these escape games over here that there is a market for it. I mean, there was the... There, I remember, Scrap did have the Attack on Titan uh, escape game down, at, um, down in Staten Island. And let's just say you couldn't get tickets for that because it was sold out just like that. And if yeah, you, I think they've I think they've pulled over two or three of the different games. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they pulled over the Attack on Titan. I think they pulled over uh, one of the Ghost on the Shell. I could be mistaken, but I think they did three of them. And they there also, might have been two Attack on Titans and something else. And they and for a while they actually had a location in the in Brooklyn where they had like smaller escape games, which I did one of them over there, and it was kind of interesting. And if you're wondering, scrap the people that are behind the Hunter Hunter one are also the same people behind the Sailor Moon escape game. So, well, they do a lot of the mm-hmm. anime related escape games. Yep. Um, and I, I seriously think that they would make a crap ton of money if they did the translation for it and sold them overseas. Just because there there is such a huge relationship, uh, not just here, but around the world with all of these characters. Mm. I think it's always been, you know, just because it's popular... It's sort of like it's like certain. It's sort of like as if certain animes are popular within within various people. They don't know if it's really popular enough. I mean, like look at One Piece. There's like video games, mainstream video games for that series. There's mainstream Dragon Ball Z uh, video games, but we can't get a mainstream Sailor Moon game even though there's probably twice as many Sailor Moon fans out there than there is One Piece or Dragon Ball Z, but... And that kind of goes back to, you know, who would be buying it, and Dragon Ball Z and One Piece are mainly viewed and participated with by the more male and masculine persuasion, where Sailor Moon is not, Unless you're looking at the more adults aspect of it, I mean, look because at there are... l- look at My Little Pony. I mean, how yeah. many dudes were fans? Okay, okay. Yeah, but because it's not actually being done for them, it's going to be more difficult to get a like an actual video game for it because they're not looking at who is actually watching it. They're looking at who it's actually made for. True. 
which makes absolutely no sense. And this is the same reason why, you know, Young Justice got screwed over. But at least it's finally getting a final season or so, a season three or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because people are finally pulling their heads out of their asses. Yeah, and as, yeah, and as Bob Coffey says, Sailor Moon Musa would be hella fun. It actually would be. It would have to, I think it would have to play a little bit more like Bayonetta, but yeah, it would, it would actually be fun. And as Ron before 21 says, I was talking about, I was talking to a friend about this recently. The game can be done, but it has to be done right. Absolutely. Now you're making me think of a Sailor Moon game in the style of Bayonetta, and now I want it. Oddly enough, look, I actually have an idea for for it to, for that. I think it can work, personally. I think it can work. And I think I actually discussed this once on, on an episode a long time ago. Hmm. I wouldn't mind a Sailor Moon game in the style of, like... Mario Brothers. 2D or 3D? Like, more of like the 3D, so it's mm. open world and but more RPG than yeah. just, you know, level building 3D and actual 3 like I, I guess more like the Zelda games. Where you have to go and you have to do your thing and you know, level up and create and build and do the world exploring and then kick villains' asses. It it kind of it kind of has like a bit of a Kingdom Hearts feel to it if you think about it. If you... That yeah, I think yeah. that's the game that I would like for a Sailor Moon game. Yeah, I, yeah, and I'm and I, I remember we talked about this once. Like one of the levels where you're looking for the crystals, there's like seven different locations on the map that you have to go through and explore, beat the boss, and collect back and forth. There's like a power struggle back and forth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, I would also mm-hmm. like a Sailor Moon Lego game just because I really enjoy the Lego games and I think just given the amount of characters in the Sailor Moon series both in the manga and in the animated series and in the live action and in the you know in the musicals and everything mm-hmm. there are enough characters to be able to build a full Lego kind of world and lego has a tendency depending on the type of game that you're playing Mm -hmm. to break it down into chapters so every you know quote-unquote season can have its own chapters have chapters within those chapters and build into that and i think that would be really really fun Mm. and cdbeer says imagine that since sailor moon is less combat focused it would require a little more niche game focus than an easy battle game like most of the Dragon Ball games are. Yeah. I mean, we do... Well, we do have, like, your Sailor... Well, Sailor Moon does have the fighting game. There is a side-scrolling adventure game. There's the beat-em-up. And you have a puzzle game. I mean, it can be done. Uh, but I really think that, you know... I think there it is time for a new Sailor Moon game to happen. How it should happen... I don't know, but I, I, I think it's time. The technology is there, and I think the fandom is there for it. I agree, but I think they're looking at how much money they're making just by... The merch alone. Right, just mm-hmm. by pulling out crap that they can, 
you know, stamp and send out and not have to have people working around the clock to try and get together. Re-releasing the figure arts with anime colors. Yeah. Okay, we're going to release this one again, but we're going to adjust the shading on it and people are going to buy the shit out of it anyway. I just want you to know, I, I have the Venus one sitting in my cart. I'm just, I'm just wait. Oh yeah. And the, uh, there's another one that they put, I have that and, and the minifigure art. They're both sitting in my cart. I'm just waiting to pull the trigger. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm eventually going to have to get a nice figure for Jupiter. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of when I actually do it and whether or not they're extremely overpriced by that point. I, I, I totally get anyway, you. it's but, almost 11 o'clock. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. It's time to get into strange news from Japan. And I forgot to actually update the, the rundown. We got that going. One more going. All right. Um, I will take the first one. I know Ichigo wanted to take the second one. <sighs> Fine. What, do you want the first one? No, I'm just saying. That's okay. You can take the first one, and then I will take the really weird one at the end, but whatever. I'll take the really weird one at the end. I know okay, you have a thing go. for for the Olympics, so it's all you. It's all you. Yeah, so um, the, <laughs> the official Olympics Twitter kind of uh, screwed up or blew up or... Um, went spoilers on everybody about a week ago and what happened is they ended up changing the uh i guess the 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 the, the main banner on the twitter page mm -hmm. it had been for uh the tokyo 2020 olympics which were rescheduled for uh, July 23rd through August 8th of 2021. Well, on February 3rd, uh, very, very close to midnight, it changed and it no longer advertised the rescheduled 2021 Tokyo Olympics, but the update brought it to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics. Whoops. Yeah, um, so they don't know if this was done uh, due to the PR mishaps with the uh, president of the Olympics uh, basically stepping down for things that he had said, or if this was their quiet way to basically confirm that the Tokyo Games were canceled. Nobody has actually said anything. Nothing has actually come up about it. And right now, everybody is still wondering what the hell happened. But right now, the official Olympic uh, Twitter is sporting the Beijing 2022 banners. That's just wow. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody now is just wondering, does that really mean that Tokyo is not going to be happening? Or is this just the normal time that they would have been switching it over for the new games anyway? 
But if that's the case, shouldn't they have at least waited until this year's games were done? Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of controversy around this and what's going on. Um, and I guess we'll just see once things start coming out and uh, we get more actual official news on it. I will say, I will, I look, I'm looking at a Twitter account and like a few earlier today, they did show the, the 2020 medals. So, well, they've been. They've still been posting the 2020 stuff that's been going on. Um, they've been like the uh, back in November, they posted that there were going to be three climbing events mm -hmm. uh, that were going to be starting because they're actually looking at uh, climbing as in sports climbing for uh, this year's uh, Summer Olympics. So they have still been doing updates uh, in that kind of capacity. But, you know, this is the first one basically going, okay, well, screw 2020 and 2021. We're going to talk about 2022. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. Um, Ichigo, you want to talk about the, uh, the earthquake? Yeah, so moving on from the Olympics, uh, Japan went really way too far trying to shake things up mm. and ended up with a strong earthquake. Um, I'm not trying to make light of any disasters or anything that happened like that. I'm just I'm bringing on the fact that there was an earthquake that hit Japan, and it was basically on the in almost near the anniversary of when the initial Fukushima disaster occurred. Um, the strength of the tremor was a 7.1 magnitude earthquake. It struck off the coast of Fukushima Prefecture, um, and this happened at 11.08 p.m. on, uh, sorry, I'm trying to, uh, the 14th. three days ago, basically. Mm. Approximately 135 miles north of Tokyo. It could be felt as far away as Okoyama Prefecture, which is 700 kilometers south of Tokyo, about three times the amount of 135 miles south of, to of, of Tokyo. And the tremor just came weeks out from the 10-year anniversary, wow, of the Great East Japan Earthquake. I can't... I can't imagine that it's already been 10 years since that disaster. Same. Wow. F. Uh, yeah, and it was, uh, that particular disaster occurred on the 11th of March in 2011. What? Ah, where Fukushima is located. According to the Japan Meteorological Association, yesterday's tremor was an aftershock from the 2011 earthquake. And residents are being cautioned to expect more earthquakes as a result in the coming week. Thankfully, no tsunami warning was issued for this earthquake, but many say the jolt was the strongest they felt since the initial 2011 event. Mm. There's footage from the Sendai airport, and there's also footage from multiple cell phones. The shaking lasted roughly for 30 seconds with bright flashes seen on the horizon, and obviously it did affect things like utility poles and uh, power. Approximately 900,000 homes lost power nationwide, and power outages plunged area like Saitama into darkness. Mm. Blackouts even occurred as far away as Shizuoka Prefecture, which is about 100 kilometers south of Tokyo, about 50 miles. 
But thankfully, reports from the crippled Fukushima power plant indicated that there was no damage to that site, which was the area of the disaster 10 years ago. That's 150 good. people were injured in eight prefectures across Tohoku and Kanto regions, with injuries, most injuries, 78 of them, occurring in Fukushima, which was the origin, the place of origin. And most of the injuries were caused by falls or fallen objects, and there's lots of photos showing the damage inside homes, the damage to towns and areas like that. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to look into that, I've posted a link to the article in the chat here at twitch.tv slash anime jam session. Mm -hmm. um, all we can say is please, um, lovelies out in Japan, take care of yourselves, stay safe. Um, also, in the article, they cover that a number of landslides also occurred in tandem with the... Uh, with the earthquake and it left roads and cracks and boulders and stuff around. You can also see pictures uh, where stores were affected with products flying off shelves, shelves and the article poster says not in a good way. Um, but 7-Eleven kept serving customers apparently. So, uh, I mean, hey, you no know, power to you, man. Uh, the extent of the late-night damage became more apparent after sunrise. Obviously, as this happened at 11 p.m. at night, it was dark. And uh, as the morning sun rose, you could see a lot of the structures and the train lines that were broken. The East Japan Railway Company, which is one of the biggest uh, motorway companies or metro companies in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, said that there was significant structural damage between Shin... Shirakawa and Furukawa, which is used by the Tohoku Shinkansen, which is one of the speed trains, and they estimate it'll take about 10 days to resume operations. Stations also reported damage uh, in, with a collapsed ceiling at the Funaoka station in Miyagi Prefecture, and a number of shrines also reported damage um, as heavy stone monuments toppled at Soma City in Fukushima. In the Inari Shrine, Fukushima Inari Shrine, which is a very um, popular shrine in mm -hmm. Mianmachi City, the upper part of a five-meter-high stone lantern collapsed during a strong tremor and fell onto a passenger car, which thankfully was unoccupied. And at least 4,000 homes were damaged. Um, the ministry sent out uh, water distribution and trucks... Um, and basically, they've been feeling tremors since that night. Uh, with the strongest, as of this article, measuring about 5.2 magnitude. They're on alert for more, but experts say they're unlikely to be as strong as the one, the initial one. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, with the event happening in 2011, the anniversary coming up, people will be recalling that incident. So gotcha, yep. our thoughts are with them. So I'm going to be adding a link into the chat as well. Okay. This is actually basically uh, the criteria that they looked at to judge uh, why this particular earthquake 10 years later was an actual aftershock of the 2011 earthquake and not just a new earthquake itself. Um, they basically said that the 2011 earthquake was so large that it shifted the plates and did damage to the plates and that this earthquake was a result of that shifting and damage and that is why it is actually judged to be an aftershock and not a brand new uh, 
a brand new earthquake, uh, just because of the relative area that the epicenter was, mm-hmm. um, what was involved with it, and uh, you know just what happened during this year's earthquake. Um, so that's why they're saying that it is an aftershock and not a brand new earthquake, uh, which, I mean, you think about it and yes, 10 years is a very, very long time to be considering that this is an aftershock. Uh, but when you're looking at plate movements and things like that, it's not actually that big of a time jump when no. you're looking at things like that. No, it's definitely not. Like Everest, what, grows an inch a year or something like that, or a centimeter a year because of the tectonic plates beneath it and things like that. So, like, the Earth movement is progressive. It's not going to happen all in one year, all in one day, all in five years. It's, you know, it's a long-term thing. And I, the thing that I was most worried about was the fact that the big tsunami and the damage to the nuclear power plant before in the 2011 event but I was glad to know that they didn't have that same catastrophic situation this time because there was no warning of tsunami, thankfully, with this current situation they're going through. I mean, it's it's not the best situation they could be going through right now, but it's much better than anything from previous um, issues. Um, so I'm just glad that uh, it wasn't worse, and I'm glad that it wasn't as bad as the 2011 disaster. Yeah. Definitely. And now we get to what's basically probably one of the most strangest articles of the year. And the year's just started. This one is a 21-year-old man who was arrested for sending hundreds of nude selfies to a woman in her 70s. And he still likes her, as he said to the police. So back on February 10th, the police respond to a complaint of a woman who barged into a restaurant in Nara City. After the officers interviewed the suspect, it was learned that she had worked there from spring of 2019 to about February of last year. As a result of this incident, the woman was arrested on suspicion of violating the Stalker Control Act because she was said to be infatuated with a former co-worker there, a woman in her 70s. The following day, the former co-worker went to the police to present further evidence. 293 messages on her mobile phone which contained nude photos of the suspect as well as other obscene content. These messages were sent between September 23rd to October 15th, which is about 13 a day. Oh my. In custody, the suspect reportedly admitted to the acts and told police, I still like her. I sent large amount of mails because it felt good to spoil her. Um, I don't think sending pictures, 13 pictures of your schlong every day is a good way to spoil a lady. It's not a male sending to an older female. It's a female sending to a female. uh, Oh, right. You know what it is? My mind is thinking it's a dude because this is what we expect. You know? 
I'm sorry. So let me rephrase. I don't think I can actually... Can I? Yeah. I don't think sending 13 photos of the girls and your stuff is going to help. Let's just... We'll just say consent is key, guys. Consent is mm-hmm. key, and just because you like and someone, your stuff. you know, just because you like someone, it's not key to sexually harass them. Just, it's not a good look. It's not, ooh, ooh, cute, ooh, ooh, senpai will notice me. No, no, no. That's when you get blocked and uh, and reported to police, which thankfully this particular offender was caught by police, so. Mm, gives them me to May to December romance. Anywho, the netizens have a few things to say about this. Hmm, I'd say she more than likes her. It's like one of those Yuri stories, but this is, um, I don't know. I have to think about it. I don't get this at all. I think we've come a long way in accepting different types of love, but this is still shocking. It's really nice that such a unique love bloomed, but too bad this went horribly wrong. While many readers have appeared to have their own conclusions to what has happened here, the nature of these women's relationship is very unclear. According to NHK, the suspect also told police, my mother didn't show me much affection growing up, but the victim taught me kindly and I grew to like her. Well, now. Not for nothing, but there are plenty of manga and anime out there about very similar actions. And by anime, I mean hentai. Um, You would know. Well, yeah, it's, it's usually a son with the stepmother, but... Yeah, there's just so, so much just wrong. So much just wrong. And as Sia Tabiri says, Yuri on cryonic freezing. This is a new spin on, you know, you meet the girl, you, you go to the strip club and she's stripping because her daddy doesn't love her. In this case, it ain't daddy. And it and that shit makes you think twice. But let me round this out by quoting this from the article. Hopefully, their problems can be resolved and each woman can receive the assistance they need, whatever that may be. And on that note, we're out of here. No, but really, that 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 article was just something was just something a little special. Just a little. Just 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 a scotch. Just a little. Just a scotch. I am not sorry. You are never sorry. Well. Yeah. That's our Mako-chan. Anywho, 
If you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent podcasters, independent uh, bloggers. So if you have any... Uh, yeah, they tore it up yesterday. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Don't forget to check out our website at animejamsession.com, where you'll find our weekly podcast, a link to our YouTube page of our convention videos, a link to our Facebook page of convention photos, anime reviews, cosplayer tips and tricks, cosplayer interviews, editorials, so much more at animejamsession.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast wherever you go. If you have iPhone, Android, fire up your podcasting app, Search Anime Jam Session. You'll find over 480 episodes. So check them out and tell us what you think. And if you're using an app like Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, they may have a little link spot there where you can actually leave reviews and your thoughts on the episodes. You can do that. We'd appreciate the feedback. And don't forget to follow us on our social media. Uh, YouTube.com, Anime Jam Session. Twitter.com, Anime Jam Session, and Facebook.com, Anime Jam Session. Follow us there, begin to know when we're going live, photos, and so much more. And we appreciate the tips. Streamlabs.com slash Anime Jam Session, Ko-Fi.com slash Anime Jam Session, and Bits. You can give us Bits. Uh, you can run ad, like run a commercial to help us out. Every little bit counts. Everything that comes in, we put right into the site, right into the hardware to keep the show going. And your auto hosts are really appreciative as well. So you follow us and we go live, host us. We appreciate it, you know? So now we're going to go around the room. Last words. Mako-chan. I am going to hate waking up in the morning because... I'm so not used to having to wake up early after a show. Mm. Last words, Ichigo. Well, uh, I'm going to get back to uh, some work and then go to sleep. So good night, y'all. My last words. I got my replacement case, my replacement screen protector. I might just try to put it on myself instead of waiting a week. Because that's the only time I'll go to the one T-Mobile spot that I actually like. But that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Ari will be back. It's going to be fun. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Night. Sayonara. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Say goodnight, Ichigo. Good night, Ichigo. Perfect. Good night, night, all. <laughs> Perfect. We're out of here. See you next week. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing! Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com 
and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!